Hello friends, welcome to the podcast. I hope your day is treating you well. I am spending this quarter writing my book, which means that we are posting a few of my personal favorite episodes from the last year. This episode originally aired earlier this year, but I'm wondering if you got a chance to listen to it. If you're interested in the book, you can be one of the first people to know when it goes live by signing up for our newsletter list at clubenneagram.com. For now, thanks for being here and let's get into the episode. I am Sarah Jane Case and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello, everybody. Today we have with us Ariel Astoria, poet, speaker, author, actor, model, all-around magical being. And to put it into her beautiful words, she creates words and experiences that create spaces for feeling and healing. Through poetry, keynotes, workshops, or media storytelling, the goal is to feel and feel deeply. Ah, that's so beautiful. Um, Ariel, I am pumped that you're here. As I told you before, like I am legitimately fangirling like I'm just trying to be cool um so thank you so much for joining us uh, can you tell us your rosebud thorn today like what's awesome what's not awesome and what's something you're looking forward to mm, I think my thorn today would have to be having that real fun hey, Christmas is going to look kind of different this year conversation. Mm -hmm. You would think that it would, it's like a universal, everyone is just on the same page, but that is, that's not the case for a lot of us. And so, um, yeah, just not looking forward to having those conversations. Mm -hmm. Um, But my rose would be like, regardless of where we go or don't go, people still aren't going to be really working those few days. So I'm looking forward to a rest. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to just a break and um, my husband and I will both be off. And so um, I'm just looking forward to that time together as well. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Um, that is, so. I, I think just like even narrowing in on having the conversation of mm-hmm. Christmas is going to be different this year. I think, mm-hmm. 2020 has been a weird season of like social there's no social expectation there's no clear like this is the appropriate way to set your boundaries around quarantine <laughs> yes exactly and it it makes it harder you know because we're all I mean we're very different humans and mm-hmm. we're kind of sitting on different levels right now about you know what is and what isn't safe and what that looks like for each person it it, it has you know varied and so I think we're just realizing the extent of our individuality within the extent of our need to be um, community oriented and other focused. And um, yeah, that's hard to do sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a really beautiful way to phrase it. Like we're kind of, we are like, we're navigating this balance between what does it mean to be an individual, but also to recognize like we do need each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And I think that's like a pretty awesome segue into what Enneagram type you are <laughs> because <laughs> you're the individualist. I am. I am a four. Um, yeah. And I, I am until I'm not. I, I also have the upbringing of being the oldest child um, of a big family, um, being a pastor's kid. Um, so I have a lot of the, I'm an individual, um, but it it shows up not in like, well, it does show up in I'm an island 
and I only need me until I don't, you know? Um, <laughs> so it's like finding that balance of it for sure. Um, but yeah, I am a, I am a true thriving four. <laughs> I love that. Um, how did you find the Enneagram and how did you figure out that you were like that you identified with four? Yeah, I found the Enneagram through just a lot of different conversations, obviously a lot of Instagram spaces. Um, it was kind of like a circling in my community. I My background is psychology, so I'm kind mm-hmm. of prone to personality conversations and things like that. And so I, um, yeah, it just had just been popping up in a lot of different areas. And I was like, ooh, learning more about myself and others. Yes, please. Um, and so I started really diving into it. And I, the first resource I came across was um, Beth McCord. She's like the your Enneagram coach. And then also Sleeping at Last, um, who is a musician and an artist who has written songs for each Enneagram type. And me being a four and loving instrumental and beautiful music, I've loved um, Sleeping at Last for years and years now. So when I heard his version of uh, of the four song, I literally wept. Um, I just mm. cried. I felt so seen and yet so musically. Like I feel very, I have a very deep connection to music, and I feel like mm. someone had just put and matched melody um, to my heart in existence, and that was just an overwhelming feeling. So mm-hmm. um, that was really the song at first. I was like, I'm not a four. I feel like I'm more of a peacemaker. You know, I feel like I'm maybe other things, but not different. <laughs> you know? yeah. um, and, and then I listened to that song and I said, oh, yes, I feel so seen. Um, and then the other thing was hearing Beth McCord explain the fours. And she put it so beautifully. She said, um, this is what really, I think, kind of, not broke it, but really solidified it for me was, she said fours and all of their attempts to find and create beauty. When you relate that back to faith, she was like, they create and they're trying their best to get back to the garden as it was in its perfection and in its goodness, Mm -hmm. like everything they create and everything they're trying to do within their existence is to get back to that original goodness. And again, that wrecked me. And I was like, Yes, exactly. You know, but I even I didn't. I'm a poet also, but I didn't. I didn't know how to convey that until it was mm-hmm. conveyed to me. So, um, that is those were the spaces that really um allowed me to tap deeper into the Enneagram conversation. Uh, I love hearing that. I love, like, I think there's such a beautiful element of the Enneagram that is just language. Like we're giving language to a feeling. Yeah. Um, and I think that you know, thinking of you as a poet and I think even as a type four, like our, one of the the strengths that I see in type four so often is this ability to experience life mm-hmm. and communicate it authentically to, so that the rest of us feel more able to just be human. Yeah. And I see that so much in your work. Um, mm-hmm. Is it hard? Like, because for me digesting it, right? It's just like beneficial to me. (laughs) But for you, you've lived it. You know, like you're living through it. You're putting yourself out there. You're being vulnerable every day. Um, Does that ever, is that ever like rub up against people or is that difficult at times? Um, It definitely has its difficulty at times. I I definitely Mm -hmm. have to find the balance of, um, of saving sacred for myself, you know, Mm -hmm. um, of it not always being um, this shared thing, I think starting starting to date really shifted that for me, um, especially dating 
um, a very true Enneagram five. Uh, mm-hmm. This is very just like, yeah, I just deleted the app one day because I wanted to. <laughs> I'm like, oh, did you? Wow. Okay. That's how awesome for you. Um, and so um, being able to find those sacred moments and to keep them for yourself, you know? And so mm-hmm. I think the difficulty is that the difficulty is um, not everyone gets the fullness of you, but in the space that I, I sit in, especially within um, within my work, I, I want to be known by people, you know, like I want them to feel like they know me. I think that's where trust, you know, a lot of times comes in to be able to tap into those vulnerable spaces. So really finding that um, balance um, to do those things, both to invite people in and also, um, yeah, save some secret for myself. And um, I think there obviously are people, you know, that I interact with and have met along the way who are, first very opposing to the like why why do you try to make me feel things or you know I still have friends who are like oh I can't be around you because I just cry every time (laughs) so I definitely have have those moments that I'm like you're welcome you know like yeah yeah. and how does that make you feel um and so um (laughs) yeah I think that's mostly what what I think the biggest difficulty is just learning to keep some of that for myself yeah, yeah. I um, you know, I will say my I'm so I'm a type 7, my husband's a type 4. Mm-hmm. And there's this like there's a lot of that time where I'm like, "Oh, why are you trying to make me feel?" But then, you know, after my dad, so my I had my dad passed tragically and mm-hmm. it was really just a deep season of sorrow for me and I hadn't like he was there. You know, like he there he didn't miss a beat and like Okay, we're sad. Like, all right, we're gonna, I'm going to meet you in the sad place, and you're not alone. And that was so healing as someone who's in a relationship to a four. Like, just to be a, like, he he didn't even bother him at all. He was like unfazed. <laughs> yes, we don't we don't mind um, that because we sit there all the time. You know, like w- being able to bring people into our constant state of existing is kind of nice. I think there's an element that makes us feel less overwhelmed by it you know or less Mm -hmm. daunted by it um to be able to invite people into that feeling space and have an exchange because a lot of times I don't think at least for me personally it feels like an exchange a lot of times I feel like I'm just carrying it you know Mm -hmm. so when you invite people into that space it's an exchange it's like you hold some and I hold some and we can still breathe in between you know Yeah. yeah um so we've touched on this a little bit, but what elements of your type structure do you feel like have served you well in your life? Hmm. Well, I think the creative aspect of who I am in terms of like the creating beautiful things, like that, that is my whole existence. Um, mm-hmm. And I love, I've always loved that part of myself um, to be able to create and or see the beautiful things bring light to the beautiful things um and and also just yeah in that my my striving to to be authentic to myself in the process of like okay how would I do this you know I'm Mm -hmm. very aware of like okay they're they're doing that similarly and they're doing that similarly but I'm very aware of the fact that like I've been gifted to do it a certain way you know, that mm-hmm. makes sense within my, my DNA. And I think that helps a lot of times within the creative industry, because then 
you know, the opposite is just to be internally comparing yourself, which I still do. Um, but then I always find, you know, that that reminder of kind of like, no, this is you, this is you, you know, you're going to do this how you've been gifted to do it. And so I think those are the elements that I always appreciate about my fullness. Yeah. You touched on a little bit of that comparison and I know that you started in spoken word and I can't imagine that that was an easy combination of things. Yes. I mean, when I first started with poetry, I I started in the lens of theater. Uh, mm. So it was this permission to step into other people's perspectives. And um, this is also where my psychology came in. I was just like, I want to understand people, you know, um, mm. and in the process, I'll understand myself. Um, but I, I want to understand people. If I'm going to be in fields that I'm going to be in, and I, I didn't know at the time, but I knew I was going to work with people to some capacity. And so mm. it was like, okay, how, how then do I want to be love them best if I and by understanding them and so stepping into theater and stepping into these characters and these complexities and experiences that either connected me back to my own or felt very outside of my own um and it was through sharing those stories of people who have lived um but who aren't anymore and their grief and their happenings that allowed me then to step into my own um, and convey that to others so that they can find mm-hmm. a thread of their own connection and their own story. And um, yeah, that's kind of how I ventured into that. It was first, okay, how do I become another person? How do I step into another person? And then it's like, oh, then how do I become myself, you know, and step mm-hmm. into the fullness of who I am in the process? Yeah. When you, let's pretend for a second that like, you don't have a name, you don't have a job, mm. all is stripped away. And like, there's just like this essence energy of a being. Mm. Who is that? Whoa. Big um, question. Big question. Okay. When you say, when you say who is that? Mm-hmm. Like, how do I describe Is I mean, is that a person? Am I describing a person? Yeah. I'm making this up as we go. So I don't, we decide. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's so funny. My husband just did something similar to this with, um, with Michael Gunger. <laughs> and, Sounds right. um, it, he was like, you're not John, you're oneness. And so my husband mm-hmm. was trying to like process through that with me. And I was like, interesting. But I think I struggled with that first because it was like, well, if I'm not Ariel, then who am I? you know and mm-hmm. and then it's like well who who is Ariel and you go into the spiral of of stripping identities of stripping categories of stripping roles you know of stripping associations what mm-hmm. remains you know and I I think mostly of I don't know I don't have a person in my head to be honest yeah. I see I see both this ball of light just light just a ball of light and I also see this like meadow field um mm-hmm. and there are like little daisies and wildflowers just kind of popping up but there are no humans there are no animals it is just this field and it is untouched um it is in in its essence perfect mm-hmm. um yeah, I think that those are the two things I think of when you ask me that. I love that field. 
Mm. Oh, that's beautiful. Um, I actually think like what I asked you is a little bit cruel because it's kind of like flipping. <laughs> it's kind of like flipping the for overthinking switch. You know, and it's kind of like, oh, here's the thing that you're not like that you your essence of your your fears and, and <laughs> your worldviews of like what you're supposed yeah. to worry about. Like let's yeah. let's turn that on. Yeah. Um so sorry about that. Oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> um so in in your life, has there been a time where you've been really surprised by yourself? Like you thought you would show up one way and you've shown up completely different? Hmm. Yeah, in this uh, in this season of life right now, I I am um, continuously in awe of who looks back at me in the mirror. Um, I think I've shared, you know, with friends and things like that that this I feel like um, this season of life, with all its difficulties and with all its different. Um, experiences that we've had I still feel the the most grounded the most aware of myself um and Mm. probably the most free um I've ever I've ever felt before um Mm. I feel like this wide open horizon for curiosity and for knowledge about myself about love about faith about God and everything in between um Mm. And so, yeah, I definitely, I'm, all of that is coming out of a very hard place um, of, of not trusting myself or not thinking I could trust myself, mm-hmm. of not knowing that I could trust myself in the decisions I was making, um, of being told and in, in, um, attempted to be rerouted and interventioned um, that where I was going here um was not the route for me um mm-hmm. and yet I felt like it was and so I'm on the other end of like you did it you trusted yourself mm-hmm. and look where you are um mm-hmm. and every day I'm constantly um baffled by that yeah yeah um I mean I think that that is it's hard for all of us mm-hmm. um but it, but I can't, you know, I know that that can often be something that people who identify with type four um, maybe struggle with a, even more than some of us for different reasons. Yeah. Um, so I think like it, it's probably hopeful to hear on the other side of like trusting, mm-hmm. like you're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, not only are you going to be okay, because I think it's like that when we're like, hey, it's going to be okay. A lot of times that's said usually in the thing, right? Like it's storming and it's raining and someone just has to like keep us calm, you know, enough to get out of the rain. But I think, you know, while I was in it, I, that was what I needed to tell myself and what other people were telling me. And now I'm like, I didn't know I was going to be okay. I was being told that I was, but now I can't, now I know um, because I'm working towards, I'm working towards accepting that right like mm-hmm. I'm working towards embracing that and so yeah it's like not I needed to, I needed to hear it while in it and now I know now it's even more so like oh you're 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 more than okay you know mm-hmm. like you always yeah. been more than okay you just needed that initial reminder and here we are you know but like 
yeah, it definitely gets daunting for a moment to feel like you're not <laughs> going to be mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that phrase like you are you've always been more than okay. Mm-hmm. I think that's so important for our for force to hear like you have always been more than okay. That is so big. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um so you are pretty multi-passionate. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of areas in which you're pouring your your time and your energy into. Um do you feel like you've really digested like how impressive you are? <laughs> no. <laughs> Absolutely not. I have a lot of a lot of days where I'm just like, oh, who are you? And not in just like a disgusted ways, but like I often ask myself, who do you think you are? You know, like I'll do projects or I'll have, you know, events or whatever. And it's just like, who do you think you are? Which I think this is might be what keeps me humble. Um, but no, I I very much so um do not let myself entirely sit in that space a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, you know, I think about when people see, and I, I'm thinking of like, if I'm a younger type four, um, and I'm seeing you like pouring your energy and your heart and your, you're creating beautiful things. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you know, you seem so expansive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would just think, oh, she's figured it out. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got it, they've got it together. And I don't have the thing that would make me feel like they clearly feel. Um, can you can you shed a little bit of light onto that gap between belief and what's possible, or you know, and choosing to know like I have it, I have what I need to do the things I want to do, mm-hmm. or if that feeling ever goes away, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it's a balance of like I don't have this. Mm-hmm. And I and then again I absolutely do or oh my gosh mm-hmm. no 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 you do not have this and then you you <laughs> continuously surprise yourself you know like mm-hmm. I don't the question of like you I mean from outside eyes you've made it right and you're like what does that even mean you know and <laughs> and where is it and if I'm still here how then have I made it? You know, like, does it make me, I mean, there's a, a, isn't it finished? Isn't it finite after that? Then is there no more going anywhere? Is there no more learning? Is there no more new experiences that you find joys or no more embracing another layer of who you are? And so I constantly go in that space of like, I feel very confident until I don't, you know, and then mm-hmm. I do, and then I don't, you know, and then I have it, and I know what I'm doing, and I think of it, like, even as silly as when, you know, like, posting on Instagram, I'm like, these last couple of posts I've made, I feel confident about, I feel authentic in, they weren't, you know, um, just to post something, they weren't just, I feel very sure, that was not the last you know, 10 to 12 posts I made, I was just posting because I was like, oh, this is my job. This is something I, this is part of it, you know, but like these last couple months, I'm like, no, these were, I was excited to share those. It had nothing to do with how people responded to it and everything to do with where I was at. I apply that, you know, to work Mm -hmm. and to life. Like, I'm like, no, this is it. 
this is the project, this is how it's going to go. And then there's some things where you're like, I don't know, I'm just doing this because this feels like the next best thing. And there's that balance um, mm-hmm. of being both. But I think at this point, I, I trust my gift. Um, I trust my um, my wisdom. I trust my, li- my lived experiences up until this point. Um, and that is where I think the confidence really flows out of. Yeah. I mean, I hear you integrating, creating when you feel like creating, but also creating sometimes when you don't. And mm-hmm. I think that that is, I mean, that's, I, that's like really impressive for anyone you know, of any type. Um, it's hard to keep showing up when you don't know that it's going to mm-hmm. you know, you, you don't, there's this like magic. I don't know if you feel this, but like. Like there's this like magic moment where you're like, everything's aligned. I'm connected. I'm feeling connected yeah. to this and creating out of that place is amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love that you're saying, yeah. And I create when it's not there. Yeah. Well, cause I think otherwise then we, it's kind of like, you know, the stereotype with artists, we only create when we're depressed or when mm-hmm. we're sad. And I think that's kind of the same mentality of like, well, then no wonder all my stuff is extremely sad and depressing because that's the only space in which I create out of. What if I attempted to create out of joy? What if I also attempted to create out of grief? What if I also tried to create out of not knowing, you know, and the mystery of things? And so I think for me, it's like obviously not pushing yourself if that's not what's there, but also challenging allowing the challenge, um, allowing the growth to happen. It's kind of like, you know, as you're working out and you, you do reach walls eventually. And, and then you find little moments to push past and, and to show up stronger and still equipped. Um, and I think that's something I'm always kind of be like, I'm always trying to be intentional with of like, I don't feel like it here, but maybe this is the best time to create something. Mm-hmm. Gosh, that is that. I mean, that's. I think for all of us, it's good to hear um, because I think that sometimes when we, I know that I get questions like this all the time, like, "Well, do you just always feel inspired?" And no, of course not. Um, yeah, and I and I think standing behind, like you said, I trust my gift, and oh, that's so good. You know, it's just, yeah, sometimes I show up and I do the thing that I do and I trust that people will be impacted no matter how I feel in the moment. Yeah, absolutely. And I think ultimately it's that reminder of like, yes, I have been given this gift, but at the end of the day, um, it's not for me necessarily. Mm -hmm. Um, Gifts are, 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 are given um, gifts can also be received, but I think this type of gift, yes, was given to me, but it wasn't necessarily given to me for the receptive aspect. I think mm-hmm. it was given to me um, to then do um, um, the giving so that the receptive aspect comes into fruition. And so I'm constantly reminded um, that they live inside of me, but they're these words and, and these um, encouragements and these poems and things like that—they live inside of me, but they're not always for me. 
And there are some pieces that are very much so for me. There are some quotes and poems and things that are so much for me. And then there are those that I know are for a human in this big world that I may or may not be associated with. Mm. And it's in that space that I'm reminded this is bigger um, than your um, momentary uninspiredness. You know, this is bigger um, than the moment where you probably have the words, you're just too afraid, you know, or (laughs) unwilling to share them, not only because they speak back to you, but they also speak to other people. And I think um, I, I kind of learned early on of like, this, this is bigger than me. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, it's bigger than how I may feel in a moment. Yeah. I mean, I imagine kind of holding that perspective and seeing it as like, this is something for everyone would help so much in that, like, I don't have the drive and I don't have the motivation because there's so much to tap into. Yeah. Um, in terms of like giving, yeah, using it as an opportunity to give. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's like ultimately, um, yeah, what I want my life to be about, you know, like when my physical body is not here, um, when, when I'm not here, what is, you know, and I think about Mm -hmm. legacy a lot in that regard of like the thing that that outlives your physical self, um, and um, what I want that to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Today's podcast is brought to you by Pros. I cannot tell you how many of my lovely friends have had their babies and then noticed that their hair started to shed. And they were so, you know, concerned about how much they were losing. After pregnancy, your body is shifting, it's recalibrating, doing things that don't feel normal to you. One of those alarming side effects of the hormonal changes can be excessive shedding, hair that comes out in clumps even when you wash or brush it. Thankfully, Pros is here to help stop the shedding cycle and grow back your hair. Pros specializes in custom hair care, and now they also make custom hair supplements that are personally tailored to address your specific cause of shedding. They take into account things like hormonal changes, stress level, diet, and more. The result is customized supplements guaranteed to help you grow thicker, longer, softer hair in record time. They're made with clean, safe, and natural ingredients. Pro's hair supplements are just two capsules that you take daily. The first capsule strengthens and rebalances the scalp to reduce shedding, and the second capsule helps to spark fuller, faster growth deep in the follicle. Better yet, pro supplements are free from drugs, synthetic fillers, and DHT hormones. All formulas are gluten-free, dairy-free, nut-free, vegan, and cruelty-free. In fact, multiple studies show that over 90% of women taking pro's hair supplements saw less shedding, more growth, and improved overall appearance in just 90 days. So try your own custom hair supplements and you'll get 15% off. So go to pros.com slash egram. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash egram for your free in-depth hair consultation and 15% off your custom hair supplements. Thank you, Pros, for supporting the podcast. If you were to share any kind of words of wisdom for a someone who is like identifying as a type four, um, who's maybe a little bit 
sooner in their journey with it um, than you are, what would you share with them? I think, especially for growing up, um, I wish I had known about, you know, the Enneagram at 13. I don't think I really would have understood it, um, but I kind of wish I would have known about it. I think I would have felt um, less crazy. Um, I think I would have felt, you know, like less different um, than everyone else. If I had, if I had this, this thing we this knowledge we've been gifted with to understand you know the reasons why we stand out the reasons why we're so unique the reasons why we're so different um I wish I would have known then that that, those are those are the the parts about me those are my superpowers you know that is what makes up part of who Ariella Astoria is you know like and and I I think I spent a lot of time trying not to be those things um I spent a lot of time trying to be everything else you know and figure out well why am I not more like so and so or why am I not more like this and I'm like oh I know now that was never meant to be my DNA you know that was never meant to be my makeup and and so encouraging um, those who are sorting and figuring out to embrace all the aspects in which we are, you know, what is deemed the snowflake, you know, and, and embrace all the different um, angles in which you ebb and flow and show up in this world. Um, and yeah, that you have so much value um, mm-hmm. and that perfection is never the goal. Um mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, to lean into as you are and the fullness of who you are in this present moment. Mm. I like that you said perfection is never the goal. I think we talk about the perfectionism in type ones, but we don't really talk about what I think can often be more painful form of perfectionism in our fours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's you've said it perfectly. It is, um, it is painful. And I'm, I'm even more so, I think coming into the space that I'm in now of, of looking back and like, I mean, that, that, that desire was crippling. Mm-hmm. Um, it was its own cage and I had no idea until it unlocked. And it was like, uh, I think I was really assessing like, oh, well, I'm afraid to be that different, you know, like I'm afraid mm-hmm. to be, um, to be that not per- as perfect, you know, as I thought I was supposed to upheld. And then I really had to ask myself, but like, were you afraid or was that actually a part of the conditioning, you know, that you mm-hmm. had to be in the first place? Maybe you truly do thrive and not stepping over people and just kind of, I'm going to do me and I'm going to know, but like asserting and staying grounded in that audacity um, of who you are and the trusting of your decisions and the gifts and, and how you are meant to show up in this world um, and allow that to be what fuels your awareness of other people around you um, is really what it was for me. And so yeah, really sitting in that space of like, um, yeah, a lot of it, I think most of my anxiety came from that. Um, most mm-hmm. of my panic attacks came from that. Me trying to be and live up to something that mm-hmm. I wasn't, 
and perfection is not it. We weren't, we, we weren't entirely designed for that. You know, even when I think we thought we were, you know, like it wasn't, that wasn't it, you know? And so really, really coming out of that space of like, Oh honey, shed, shed that skin, you know, that Mm -hmm. just no, that no longer fits. Um, So let's make room for what does. Gosh, there's so much releasing of shame in that of just like, this isn't, this isn't something I'm, I am not something to be ashamed of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because that's, yeah, that's really what it comes down to because when we don't live up to that um, said perfection or said way of being, then that automatically equates us not being something but that's Mm -hmm. not it. You know, that wasn't it. It was just, that was not something you were meant to be. And that's okay. You know, and embracing that, but it really is, it's hard to, to admit and, and, and face at first, like this doesn't, there just doesn't mean that there's a deficit in me. Um, This means that um, I've been trying to fill a, a void in an existence that I never was meant to. Mm. I would will you say that last sentence again yeah you know this doesn't you're in the flow yes a deficit in me um but this it does mean that I was trying to fill a void in an existence that I was never made to Mm. we don't tell you know um ducks to be dogs you know like we don't tell um birds to stay on the ground you know like we don't we don't limit especially parts of nature a whole lot so why why do we do that to ourselves Mm -hmm. Um, why do we tell someone they can't show up in the exact structure and dna and existence that they were made to that Mm -hmm. that contradicts so much um Mm -hmm. and we wonder why there's so much in this world that still has to be done and Mm -hmm. healing that needs to be had because we keep telling those healers and those fixers that they're supposed to be something else yeah yeah. Yeah. And like, you were never the broken one. Like you were never the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Ah, I could do this forever. Um, <laughs> I'm going to take us into the rapid fire questions. Are okay. you ready? I'm so ready. Okay. Um. All right. So the first book that comes to mind. Oh, Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Mm, another wonderful four. Mm-hmm. I love her. <laughs> Me too. Uh, your favorite song? Currently, I have a lot of favorite songs. <laughs> <laughs> In this current moment, um, Vitamins by Queen Herbie is like my motivation jam this week. Awesome. Um, something you wish people knew about you? Um... I wish people knew about me. Um, well, this is just my own. I like really love 
accents. Um, I love listening to them. I love repeating them. So something is I can do with a not bad um, British accent. And I used to do it a lot um, growing up. And so sometimes that comes out and sometimes it doesn't. That would be so much fun when I was like a teenager and I was trying to pretend like I lived somewhere else. Yes, it definitely helped the thespian Enneagram for <laughs> who's nostalgic for places and things she's never known or been a part of. It definitely helped feel all of that for sure. <laughs> that was spot. That was spot on. Um, your dream day, what are you doing? I am having brunch at a really cute cafe on the beach and then going to the beach to sit and read and be for lunch. We get some charcuterie and baguette and we go back to the beach and sunset there. Um, And yeah, pretty much just being at the beach all day. I love that. That's perfect. Your final meal, what are you eating? Probably something breakfast. Um, Either waffles or pancakes or all of it. Just like a full-on breakfast spread of all the options with mimosas, of course. Yes. Have you ever seen Gossip Girl? I haven't, actually. Okay, it's only worth it to see the breakfast spreads. Like, I wouldn't really recommend the rest of the show, but the breakfast spreads are like on point. They always have like fruit and croissants, and it's like a Monday morning, and they're like, here's our breakfast. Yes. And it is like inspiring. (laughs) I love that. Um, Okay, so my final question for you today is we end every episode with a food for thought. Um, So, just something that people can think on or ponder on today. What would you give them? Oh, I think as we're wrapping up this year, um, I know there was a lot of things that didn't happen and didn't come into fruition or, um, or yeah, I think there's a lot of longing, you know, for what wasn't. And so I guess my, my statement or my little food for that would be, um, the good things didn't miss you, you know, like the, mm. the blessings haven't missed you. Like they're still coming. The ones that are for you are still coming. Um, and just because this year um, was a dumpster fire, um, it doesn't <laughs> mean, yeah, that you, that what's coming and what's good has missed you. There's it's yeah, they're still coming. Yeah. I love that. That's perfect. Um, so I know people are going to want to get in touch with you. So how can they find you online? Where do you, where are you at? Yes. You can find me at all things. Ariel Astoria. That's A-R-I-E-L-L-E, um, E-S-T-O-R-I-A. You can also find me on Twitter for a not so aesthetic part of me and, um, as well as iTunes and Spotify. If you're looking for my poetry and music. Um, and then my website where you can find my books and um, mugs that remind you that you're magic. Perfect. Thank you absolutely like so, so much for being here. Um, this episode was beautiful and you are just a bright light. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me.